0: The Pod Fix Network. Hey everyone, Top here. Episode one of this podcast is a 2019 interview I did with Craig Miller of Sports Radio 1310 967 The Ticket in Dallas. In that interview, we discussed an idea I had from 2016 about how to fix college football. Things have changed tremendously since then, and in March of this year, Greg did a segment on his show where he discussed my idea again, but this time in the context of how it wasn't just an idea anymore, but now it seemed to be where the sport is actually headed. And so, here's the audio from that segment.
1: 812 on the ticket. Name, image, likeness has really changed college athletics already, but where are we headed? Let's talk about that here in four minutes. If you're looking to make your home a lot more efficient, improve the
0: look. That is the ticket ticker. I'm Sean Bass on Sports Radio 967 and 1310. Take it.
1: More questions than answers on Muse in the News. Mornings at 7.15 on the Musers. On Sports Radio 96.7 and 1310, The Ticket.
2: Well, baseball is back. Spring training starts today. The work stoppage averted or at least the problem solved. And we've got a new CBA and we'll have a season for the Rangers starting on April 8th. Coming up at 840, we've got an insider from the world of baseball to tell us about these negotiations, so stay tuned for that. Right now we're going to get into a topic that I've always found interesting, and that is the changing landscape of college athletics, in particular big time college football. And I want to say this up front. I don't know that I like this idea of where it's headed. But I'm kind of accepting of it, and I do believe this is where it's headed. I'm not trying to propose that this is the model we go to, but just as you read the tea leaves, I think this is what is going to happen, in particular with big-time college football. But it's probably going to have a trickle-down effect to a lot of college sports. Some will be immune from this, but it's the thought that college athletics are quickly becoming professional athletics. And yesterday on the program, we had our old buddy, SMU head basketball coach Tim Jankovic on, and he brought this up, and it made me think we need to do a longer segment on this, because I've got a lot of thoughts, but this is what Tim said yesterday. He sees a new college sports landscape happening quickly.
1: NIL is on the early stages, but I I see it exploding, uh, and maybe I'm wrong. Some people think I'm wrong. I just think that... You know, uh, one of these days soon, we're, we're looking at professional sports in college, which, you know, that's, I'm not giving an opinion, good or bad, but the change is going to be uh, very, very drastic. And, and so we're on the very front end of that, and I think it will just keep increasing and growing and, and really changing the whole mindset of college players and college coaches.
2: I think he's exactly right. And like he said, it's not an opinion one way or the other. He just sees it happening. He's in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. And as he said, it's happening faster than a lot of people realize. We always say the future is faster than you think. There was an opinion piece in the Washington Post last summer, and the columnist wrote, watching everything unfold in college football last year, from NIL to Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC, serves as a reminder that the sport is an unofficial professional league. During this decade, there's a chance it becomes unapologetically structured like one, too. When Texas and OU arrive, the SEC will become a 16-team ESPN money-printing behemoth. The supersized SEC takes the sport several steps closer to the eventual creation of a mega-division That may one day resemble the NFL's 32-team model. Remember that. The 32-team model. Okay. If the goal is to make as much money as possible, he writes, this might be the more honest way of organizing the sport. Currently, there are 130 teams in Division I football bowl subdivision. You already know they aren't created equal. But even when you separate the so-called Power Five conferences, the leagues aren't as competitive top to bottom as you would like if the goal is to chase maximum television dollars. But for many, the appeal of college football is that it's a sport with regional flavor. The national title pursuit is just sprinkled on top of that. If TV revenue is the primary aspiration and super conferences are the result, it distances the game from its charm. But it's not just about where the teams are located it's a matter of the values of league members and them being in agreement. That's now optional. He also writes, "It's it used to matter that just about every conference had its own distinct playing style. That is definitely not the case anymore. And so as he says in this Washington Post column from a year ago, we're slipping towards a professional model. Tim Jankovich thinks we're slipping towards a professional model at a high rate of speed. And all of this reminded me of a podcast that I did with a P1. His name is Chris Green, and his podcast is Armchair Radio, which I think is funny. (laughs) And he said, you're interested in this topic. This was in 2019. Would you like to come on my podcast? Because I want to bounce off this theory that I have that this is where we're headed in college football. And... And his theory is this that the NCAA is being replaced with a minor professional league modeled after the NFL. It's it becomes we just all admit it. It kind mm-hmm. of is now, right? Mm-hmm. We just all admit that this is what it is and and this is this was his idea in 2019 before name image name image and likeness before Texas and OU went to the SEC before we we had the column from a couple of weeks ago the idea that that college football at its highest level will be the SEC and the Big 10 here in a few years and that's going to be your 32 team pro, pro league basically mm-hmm. with the Big 10 going out and getting you know maybe USC and UCLA and the SEC getting Clemson and that and that's it so this is what he proposed to me a few years ago and I thought we'd revisit it now he says this is the league it's a minor pro league there's a commissioner there's a salary cap and a floor there's profit sharing between ownership and schools based on league revenue tv etc free agency and trades just like in the NFL by the way we kind of have that now with the transfer portal. Yeah, it's just done by the athlete. Players have their own union. As far as the structure and schedule, 32 teams is what he brought up. That's what the Washington Post brought up two years after Chris brought it up. 32 teams, two conferences. That's been recently brought up with the SEC and the Big Ten being the two power conferences and the other three on the outside looking in. Eight divisions of four teams each. His idea, league ideally made up of the 32 best teams from the existing D1. As he said, we just find the 32 best over the last 50 to 75 years. But that's already happening with the SEC and the Big Ten, so that part's coming true. If possible, you maintain existing rivalries. All record books for the schools stay intact, as much as you can keep them intact. 12-game regular season, two against each division rival, one against a team from the other three divisions in your conference, and one against three teams from the other conference. Games played, hopefully traditionally, on Saturday. 19-week season, including an idle week and two weeks off before the championship. Starts the last Saturday of August, championship game, first Thursday or Saturday night in January. The postseason, all neutral site games using the big bowls if you can keep working them in. Twelve teams make the postseason. Again, if we're going to a pro model, you expand it like the pros. Mm -hmm. Division winners plus four wildcard teams and you have a wildcard division conference and championship round. The teams, he says, the teams maintain their current affiliation with the schools. You would still have The Alabama Crimson Tide, same logo, same uniforms, play in the same stadium. They still use school facilities because the schools are getting money from this. You still have the Oklahoma Sooners, the Texas Longhorns, Texas A&M Aggies. Uh, Each team has its own owner and ownership group, though. They are a minor league. They are a professional league. So the schools don't own them. Maybe Maybe bigwigs from the school own them. Uh, but they're not school teams, but they still represent the schools so that you would still be able to go to the Cotton Bowl on the second Saturday in October and root for the Oklahoma Sooners or the Texas Longhorns. Teams are not affiliated with corresponding NFL teams, though, like in other minor, like in baseball. Right. The players, he says the rules for the players... They would enter the league through recruitment, so we still have that process, but now you have contracts and the money is is out front instead of under the table. <laughs> right. You can have an agent as soon as you want. You've got to be a high school grad at least 17 years old or with a GED to be eligible. Unlimited eligibility. His idea is you can play in the league as long as you want. It's a minor pro league. Yep. So if you're not okay. good enough to go to the NFL, you can play at OU for 10 years if you want. <laughs> I think that adds a really interesting element. You've got a college quarterback, let's say, on your favorite team who's not a pro prospect, but he's great in college. You could have uh, a fixture at that position on your team for fifteen years. Now that wow. messes with the record books, so I'm willing to I'm willing to keep it at four or five years. There can declare for the NFL draft anytime per NFL league rules. It's just got to sync up there. You could return to the league, he says, if you go to the NFL and fail, just like a, a baseball minor leaguer yeah. who goes to the majors, fails, he, he can still make a career in the minors. Compensation, negotiated salary, endorsements, merchandise, name, image, and likeness, partial and full scholarships, though if you didn't use it, you could pass those to your spouse or your children. And he says they don't have to go to school while they're playing because it's a pro league, basically allowing the players to focus 100% on each thing at the appropriate time. I think it's interesting. I did that podcast with Chris three years ago. All of this is starting to come true, and like Tim Jankovic said, it's happening
1: really quickly. I think he's right about a lot of that, but as we talk about name and likeness, I don't think you'll ever get Alabama, Florida, LSU, whoever, Texas, Texas, to take their name and likeness, and they have no control over it. In other words, the, the, there's still so much power with the the presidents and the administration of a college. I don't know if they'll ever just sign off on, okay, we'll be part of this league, and you're representing us as we're in, being the crimson tide, but... He brought that up, and you're right, that's a big hurdle. Yeah.
2: But what always solves problems... Usually money. Yes. And so if this league can say, this is our TV contract with expanded playoffs, these are the power brokers anyway, we're heading this way, you still got Alabama versus Auburn, but this is the check you're getting as opposed to the check you're getting now, that can change the
1: minds of a lot of presidents
2: and alums.
1: It could, but I think an affiliation with something called, like maybe we bring back the CFA and it's it's I, I know we're kind of splitting hairs here. It's the, the mm-hmm. same basic right. thing. I just don't know if it'll be the minor league where a guy can play 10 years. It'll be... Sure. You still have the eligibility and all that. But I do think we are going towards a... Uh, football is going to be its own animal. And all these other sports may stay under the NCAA emblem, or that may change too. But we're going to have some sort of division of football. I don't know what they're going to call it. But a lot of the model of what he says is is probably right. Yeah, I think we're heading towards,
2: I would say, certainly by the end of this decade, you're going to have that model. It's going to be 32 teams. That's your new Division I. It's going to be mainly the SEC and the Big Ten, or it may be called something else at that point. But it'll be the 32 power brokers, and they're going to have their own huge TV contracts. They're going to be... Paying players way more than just name, image, and likeness. I think you just will have it all out there. Why not? We talk about it on this show all the time. Why are so many other college students allowed to go do whatever they want, make whatever money they want while going to school, but the football players can't? Well, now the football players can through name, image, and likeness. And now the football players do have free agency in the transfer portal. We're we're. Kind of there already, yeah, and it's just going to be more crystallized. And we're also going to get to a point where we're seeing now with Oklahoma and Texas defecting to the SEC, the power brokers don't like funding the non-power brokers. Yeah, they 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 just get worn out on that, and it impacts their bottom line. And they're going to all these 32 teams, whoever they end up being, are going to say, yeah, this is why aren't we doing this? Yeah. We'll double, triple, quadruple our revenue and we don't have to prop up these other schools. But I I do think his idea, and I, as I said to him the day I did the interview with him, that I would tweak this. You know, I don't think I liked being able to play there 15 years and, uh, you know, some other things with the model, maybe the amount of teams or whatever it is. But... I think I love the the outside-the-box thought that let's just be upfront with what college football has kind of always been, a minor league for the NFL. Yeah. And I do think, you're right, college football will be the outlier, but to Tim's point, I think college basketball will follow. It's the only other
1: revenue sport, and I think college basketball will follow. Yeah, they might, and, you know, in some circles... (laughs) I mean, like what Kentucky basketball, Duke basketball, what they generate in a year, Mm -hmm. it's not what the NBA does, but it's still, I mean, it's probably what the NBA did 20 years ago.
2: Mm -hmm. It's the ever-changing landscape of college athletics, in particular big-time college football. And like I said at the outset, I'm not necessarily in favor of this, but I'm just accepting that this is where we are headed. Yeah, there's something no doubt like that's my probably around the corner. All right, eight thirty-three on the ticket. Coming up next, we have a baseball insider.
1: Is seven? Brought to you by Low T-Center and Sports Radio 96.7 and 13.10, The Ticket.
2: Start your weekend by joining the Hang Zone today from noon to 3, broadcasting from Choctaw Casino Resort's The League Sports Bar. Cheer on your favorite teams, wall-to-wall TVs, a great menu, local brews, Choctaw Casino Resort in Durant, Oklahoma, quick drive up 75, about 10 minutes north of The Red. A one footnote to our last segment on the changing college sports landscape and that model of a 32 team super conference pro college football league, basically. <laughs> People have asked what happens to the other teams, the other college football division one schools. And Chris did include this in his model. You form maybe a second division of 32 teams and then a third division of 32 teams and you could follow the soccer regulation model. So maybe the bottom two teams in division one or three or however many you want or the, or just one, if they finish in last place, they go down to division two and whoever wins division two comes up to join the big boys. I think the big conferences would balk at that idea because then you risk some tiny school with a tiny stadium and not much interest winning Division Two and being promoted to play with the big boys. But I could also spin that as, well, maybe that Cinderella story, uh, like we saw in the Premier League a couple of years ago, would generate a lot of TV numbers mm-hmm. and a lot of revenue. But I, but I do kind of like that idea to keep everybody engaged. But they don't want that interfering with their revenue bonanza, yeah. though. That's why I think they, the big schools would balk at that model. Yeah. But it's a great idea if it could work to keep everybody involved. All right, it's 842 on the ticket. We've got our weekly hockey visit.
0: Throughout all of 2022, college football has continued to evolve. So I decided to reach out to Craig again and ask him to come back on the show. I wanted to discuss what has changed, but more importantly, make a fresh round of predictions about what will happen next and where things will ultimately land. That conversation will be out one week from today. And listener, that's all we have for you today on this edition of Armchair Radio. Some brief credits before we go. Find us on Twitter by searching at Team Armchair. The number for the hotline is 405 785 If you like the show, tell your friends and please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Armchair Radio is a proud member of the Podfix Network. For more information, go to podfixnetwork.com or search at Podfix on Twitter. Thank you to our friend Phil Rood for our custom logo. Until next time, I'm your host Toph, and this is Armchair Radio, a Gravity Beard production.